not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to come and hear the word from the living God. I thank you for the spirit of God who's already here to help us hear what you're saying. To help us translate what is the Logos word is saying so that our ears hear the Rhema word and what you're saying. And I step back so he can use me to declare the oracles of God to your people. And I thank you in advance that as this word is spoken, our lives will be changed for the better. And that everyone that hears me, something that I say will register in their spirit and they will know that you spoke to them today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated at home. If you got the emails and text messages this week, I'm starting a new series called Transitions. Everybody say Transitions. Transitions. And the subtitle of the series is Discovering and Discerning God's Direction for Your Life by Sowing Seeds. I'm going to say that again. Discovering and Discerning God's Direction by Sowing Seeds. And so uh, this new series, I believe, will uh, not only give you encouragement and strength for the current season that you're in because some of you all are going through some difficulty through this challenge that you may be walking through in this season. But remember now, seasons are meant to change. And the only way seasons don't change, the only way that we stay in a season is because we're not walking. It says, though I walk through the valley. Don't sit in the valley. See, that's what depression will do. You sit in the valley, and unfortunately, when you sit in the valley, all you're going to do is see the valley. He said, but when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will feel no evil. So some of you are in some seasons, and God, I believe, is going to give you some encouragement and some strength in your current season. But I also believe that you're going to get revelation, inspiration, and confirmation for the new season that he has for you. So if you're taking notes, the message title today is Discovering and Discerning God's Direction by Sowing Seeds of Obedience. And let me just say this, your life will not change if you continue to do what you're doing. Because you already have what you have, and you have that by doing what you did. But if you want something new, you got to do something different. Say amen to that. So let me define what transition means, because that's the foundation of the series. The word transition, when I looked it up in the dictionary, it means movement. Everybody say movement. Which means that if I'm going to transition, whether I'm transitioned out of a, a one industry into another industry, one job to another job, one relationship to another relationship, whatever the case is, if I'm going to transition, there has to be movement. But this word transition also means to move from one position to another, from one state 
to another state. To one subject or stage to another stage. In other words, transition means that God wants to move you from one place to another place. From one mindset to another mindset. Because listen, your body will not move until your mind does. Hello. I'm going to say that again. Your body will not move until your mind does. Your mind will do everything you want it to do. And so until your mind changes, your life won't change. And that's why it's important. It said, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. Wow. By the renewing of your mind. So guess what? My mind is what has determined my location. So here's point number one. If you're taking notes, transitions are assigned by God and agreed to by us. I'm going to say that again. Transitions. Everybody say transitions. Transitions, or I'm going to say change in movement, are assigned by God and agreed to by us. So I'm about to use a very familiar passage of Scripture. But the way I'm going to show you is that this Scripture is really all about transition, and we may not have ever read it that way. So we're looking in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. This was God speaking, and he said to them, Behold, I will do a new thing. Everybody say new thing. Now, that word new, if you're uh, taking notes, it means something fresh. Man, that sounds good, don't it? God said, I'm going to do something fresh. I mean, how many of you like fresh vegetables, fresh fruit? How many even just like some freshness coming into a room after someone has utilized it fresh he said behold i'm gonna do a new thing a fresh thing and that word new also means listen to this church this is good something that did not previously exist so god is saying listen i'm gonna do a new thing something fresh something new and something that did not previously exist and he says you know what i'm gonna do that thing now he says it shall spring forth shall you not know it and then he says when i do this new thing this fresh thing this thing that did not previously exist he says when i do it i'm even gonna make a way in the wilderness he says listen if you see yourself or find yourself in the wilderness he says guess what i'll be your navigation you won't even need one And then he says, I will make rivers in the desert because sometimes when God leads us to a place, it might be dry until I get there. See, you got to understand that when God leads you, he's Jehovah Jireh the whole way. So if he's leading me to a dry place, he's going to make a river show up when I get there because he knows I need some water. And here's the problem with a lot of people. When God tries to transition them and move them and motivate them to do something different, to have something different. Because, see, as I'm speaking, there are some businesses that God has put inside of your heart. But you've looked at your resources to determine if you should do it. And I'm saying to you, listen, what God wants you to do has nothing to do with your resources. He said he shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. When God wants you to do stuff, and it ain't about your budget. It's about his provision. He says, I'll make a river, make way, uh, a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So I want you to notice something about this verse. I want you to notice that he didn't need to ask anyone for their permission. Hey, can I do a new thing right now? Can I do that? He didn't ask nobody. Number two, he didn't ask anyone's opinion about it. Hey, what you think? 
You think this person is right for this? Or do you think uh, this position is this right for? And see, this is why if you don't have the mind of God, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. If you don't have the mind of Christ and you're walking in it, you will see yourself like you see yourself instead of how God sees you. And what you don't understand is you might be unqualified for that position in the flesh, but based on God, you are already overqualified. And that's why he's saying it's yours, but you're looking at it from your standpoint. I don't have a degree. He's not looking at it from that standpoint. He's looking at it from the fact that he's already made that assignment to transition you. The question is, shall you not know it? He didn't survey nobody to determine when he should do it. Because guess what? Once God makes an assignment for transition, the time frame is under his control. Say amen to that. He decided to do something new, something fresh. And listen, because transitions and change is assigned by God, we must now accept it. And many people delay or they miss altogether their new season because they are comfortable in their current season. And this is why every new transition that God orchestrates requires seeds of obedience. See, remember Mother Mary, the mother of Jesus? Mary got some instructions from the angel And she had to agree, she had to accept, and she had to believe and act on, or another word for that is obey the message that the angel gave her about Jesus being conceived, or guess what? He'd have never came through her. In 1992, I'm I'm speaking third person now. In 1992, I was 27 years old, and God made it clear to me that he wanted me to be a pastor. He told me when I was 27 in 1992, Evan, I want you to be a pastor. I had to say yes then. But here's the interesting thing. He didn't give me no details. He didn't tell me I wasn't going to do it till I was 40. Amen. And had I not obeyed God, Word of Truth Family Church would not have been birthed. And so you and I must be willing to say yes, listen church, even if we don't have the details. And this is where the trust in God comes in at. Proverbs chapter 3, they're going to put it on the screen, verse 5, says trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. And then it says, and don't depend on your own understanding. Here's the problem. Even if you're trusting God with the majority of your heart, let's say that you trust in God with 90% of your heart. And 10%, you lean into your own understanding. The problem with that is when it's God trying to speak to you, to transition you, to move you, to bless you, if you now lean, if you're not 100% trusting him, that means now your mind, your carnal nature, that part of you that's logical is going to lean to that now 10%. And your 10% is going to say, well, I don't know how he's going to do that. And I don't know what way he's going to do that. And I don't know who he's going to use to do that. And what happens is if you don't watch it, you would delay or even deny what God's trying to do because your mind is, watch this now, you're filtering through that 10%. But he says, trust in the Lord with how much of your heart? All of your heart. Why? Because if it ain't all, you leaning on your own understanding. And listen, your trust determines your choices. And your choices determine your transitions. And your transitions determines your next season. And your next season pushes you into your destiny. I'm going to say that again. Your trust determines your choices. See, you won't say yes to that man who's proposing to you 
unless you trust him. Say amen to that. Your trust determines your choices. Your choices determine your transitions. Your transitions determine your next season. And your next season pushes you into your destiny. And most people, the problem is we want facts. But see, facts require details when faith requires a decision. And that decision that faith requires is the decision that I am going to obey God. So before we move to our next point, which I'm almost at, that next point, of course, talking about how obedience is necessary for transitions, there's one thing we got to do before we do that. One thing. Everybody say one thing. One thing that we got to do. So I want to go back to Isaiah 43.19. 43.19. I'm going to reread this because, see, there's something God wants us to do in order for us to function in this transition or this new season. Because, see, remember, there are always instructions to your next season. And so there's something that he wants us to do. He already said what he's going to do. He said he's going to call something new and fresh and something that had, didn't exist before. He's about to do that. But now there's something he wants us to do. Well, verse 19 says, Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So what is it down that he wants us to do to walk in this new thing? Let's go now to verse 18, the verse before that verse. He says, remember not the former things. Neither consider the things of old because your pain will keep you from purpose if you let it. Watch what the New Living Translation says. But forget all that. See, I know somebody black wrote that. Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. Watch the message translation. He said, forget about what happened. Don't keep going over old history. That's why you're going back to your ex. It's the reason they call it an ex. You ever watch Family Feud? Survey says, But you know why you keep going back? Because you don't have vision for your future. You only have pain for your past. And it's been comfortable, so you keep going back to it. The devil is a lie. Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. So, in other words, church, the only way that you and I will be able to transition to a new season is that we forget about our old season. Now, here's the question. What was God asking this group of people to forget and stop going over old history about? What was he asking them to do that? Well, let's go back up now to verse 15. And this is in the New King James Version. It says in verse 15, I'm the Lord, your holy holy one, the creator of Israel. I'm your king, verse 16. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. Who brings forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinguished. They are quenched like a wick. Now, let me just give you some context. That verse of scripture is God talking about what happened when he delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, and what he did to bring them out. When he brought them out, the Bible says that he took them through the Red Sea. So he parted the Red Sea. 
he caused some wind to blow so the ground wouldn't be hard because remember now if it's been wet all that time it ain't nothing but mud how many know you can't run from mud in mud you can't run so he dried the ground and he just described it that they went through the mighty waters and then he says that when the enemy or the army and the horses and chariots went through it they were extinguished in other words he caused the water to collapse on them so what he's saying He's describing to these people, hey, listen, I want to do a new thing. But the only way I'm going to be able to do it is that you need to forget the things that are behind you. You need to forget about the past. He said, listen, what he said, he said, I need you to now forget. Stop going over old history. So then he says, well, what is he talking about old history? He's talking about, you know, what he used to do. See, these are people who are caught up in the good old days. Look at your neighbor and say, I know some of those people. Yeah, those are, those are people who are caught up in the good old days of how things used to be. So here's the question. What do I do now? Because see, what God was saying to them is forget the old enemies that you had. Forget the old relationships that you went through forget about the old memories and miracles even that i did forget about the good old days because if you camp out where i was you will never move to where i am and that's why he says i am that i am what is he saying he says i am so he's not saying i was and so listen a lot of people don't follow the cloud when god says hey pack it up let's move They don't move. You know why? Because they're comfortable or they're fearful. So they sit tight and they sit in that job that they hate. Or they sit tight and they don't start the business that God wants them to do. Or they sit tight because here it is, the right person has finally come into your life. But Junior and Bebe and Mary and and all those folks have messed you up so much, you can't even see the good thing when it's right there in front of you. So watch this. The cloud is moving. And here's the problem. Most people's life is dry because they didn't move with the cloud. Because listen, when the cloud knows I need rain, it will rain. But if I didn't follow the cloud, I am still crusty and dry. You ever seen people who need some chapstick and lipstick? And and you know, you don't want to give them yours because you know we in COVID. So what you do is you just take yours out and you put it on like. (laughs) Trying to give them a hit. Your lips are crusty. Well, I wonder why some of our lives are dry because we ain't following the cloud. Say amen. So, in order to reach that fresh place, that new place, you and I must embrace the principle. Here's the principle again. Transitions are assigned by God and agreed to by us. Everybody say, I want you to say it with me. Say, transitions are assigned by God and agreed to by me. All right, here's point number two very quickly. God has the right to speak to others about us before he discusses it with us. Oh, my God. Let me see. I got a button on me. Let's see it through. That's right. Let me say the point again. (laughs) That was my prop for the day. Okay. God has the right, listen church, to speak to others about us before he discusses it with us. So I'm going to show you this principle in two stories. 
The first story is when God was delivering the children of Israel. And so if you read in Egypt, uh, uh, in, in uh, Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, they were in Egypt. And so now we're going to pick up the story in verse 23. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But it says, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died and then the children of Israel they groaned because of the bondage and they cried out and their cry came to who church so who were they crying to they were crying out to God and it says it came up to God because of the bondage verse 24 it says and then God heard their groaning he heard their cry and God remembered his covenant with Abraham Isaac and Jacob and God looked on the children of Israel and God acknowledged them. So now we move to, to, to the next chapter, chapter 3. So let me just summarize what just happened. They were in bondage. They were in Egypt. They were in slavery. They were in a difficult time. I'm talking to some people right now. you praying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Get me out of this. And Lord heard you. And so they crying out to the Lord. Well, let's see how the Lord handles this. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of his father Jethro, the priest of Midian. And let me just say like this. Moses was just minding his own business. And then it says, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert. Verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Then Moses said, I'm going to turn aside to see this great sight. Why is this bush not burning up? Verse 4. So when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and says, Moses, Moses. And he says, well, here I am. And then he says, do not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals off your feet. For this place where you're standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of your father. Let me ask you a question. Who is God talking to? Who? He's talking to Moses. He says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Verse 9. I'm skipping down to verse 9. Now, therefore... Behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. Who's talking, church? God is talking. He says, listen, I've been hearing the cry. He says, with with the Egyptians oppressed them. Verse 10, watch what happens. He says, now come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Do you see my point? The children of Israel are crying to God and God is talking to Moses. He ain't talking to them. They cry, Lord, help us, deliver us, God, deliver us, help us, take, get us out of this. And they talking to God and God is talking to Moses. You know why? Because God does not need your permission to talk to others about talking about you. Say amen to that. So let's look at another example, Acts chapter 9. Let's go to Acts chapter 9. And see, the reason why I use multiple scriptures, if you are new in the church, is because God's opinion and his word is more important than mine. And the Bible says that the word of God should be taught line upon line, precept upon precept. See, I want you to leave here with understanding because if you just leave here with inspiration, all the devil has to do is create a trial in your life. And that word that you heard, it ain't going to get grounded. But see, when you understand, the Bible says once you understand, the enemy can't take it from you. Acts chapter 9. I'm sorry, Acts chapter, yeah, let's go to Acts 9 verse 6. Well, let's start in verse 3. It says, and now this was talking about Saul, 
who had an, uh, an, an encounter with Jesus, and it was interesting. So it says here, as he journeyed into uh, near Damascus, suddenly there a light came around him from heaven. He fell to the earth, and he heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He says, Lord, who are you? And the Lord said, I'm the one whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And let me just add here, a lot of times our life is hard and it's hard for too long. It's because you're kicking against the prick. The Old Testament says it like this. The way of a transgressor is hard. In other words, you know, it's okay when we run into some hard situations. But hard situations should not become permanent situations. If your situation is permanently hard, you are going or transgressing. Meaning that maybe God is trying to move you in a direction, but listen, it's hard to kick against the pricks. Here it is. The, tra- the way of the transgressor is hard. Maybe if it's been hard too long, I'm talking to somebody because you've been, you just prayed it yesterday. Lord, why is this? Why is this? What you need to be praying is, Lord, am I where you want me to be? Are you trying to get me to do something I've been pushing up against to do? And so that's what he told Paul or Saul. And then watch what he says. Verse 6. And he trembling, astonished, said, Lord, watch this. Read it with me, church. What would you have me to do? Let's read that again. What? Come on, say it again. Now let's put Lord in front of that. Do it again. Come on, say it again. Lord. What would you have me to do? And see, some of y'all right now, y'all don't even need to say it like that. Y'all need to say it like this. Lord, what you want me to do? So I want you to see the principle here. And the Lord said, who said it? The Lord said to him, arise, watch this, go into the city and it shall be told you what you must do. Are you kidding me? He's having a personal conversation with the Lord. And he says, Lord, what you want me to do? And the Lord says, hey, go to the city. Somebody's going to tell you that. That's like you coming to me saying, hey, Pastor Evan, when's your birthday? And I say, go ask heaven. She'll tell you. Why? Because God does not need our permission to talk to us about others. And see, God used somebody else to give Saul his assignment. If you go back and read Acts chapter 9, verse 17, you'll see that God told Ananias to tell Saul what his new assignment was. And so, listen, everybody say, God has the right to speak to others about us before he discusses it with us. Okay, so let's leave that right there and let's go to point number three. God will always confirm your next spiritual move with a God-ordained spiritual leader. God will always confirm your next spiritual move with a God-ordained spiritual leaders, spiritual leader. And one of the reasons I believe God does this, number one, if, if God only spoke to us and nobody else, we would get so proud, be like, I ain't listening to you. God don't talk to you. He just talked to me. No. No, God speaks to others about us. And I believe, and, and, and one of the other reasons I believe that God uses other people to speak to us is because it causes us to become interdependent and not independent. 
See, the height of spiritual maturity, I'm talking to somebody online right now, the height of spiritual maturity is not independence, it is interdependence. Because the Bible says we're all part of the body and we are members in, in particular, but we're all tied together. And so you don't show how mature you are. I don't need to go to, oh, I'm talking to somebody, I don't need to go to church. I don't even need to, I don't need no pastor. I can read the Bible by, by myself. You know what? You know what that's called? Start with an F. A phone. I'll leave that there. Second Corinthians 13 1 says this. This is the third time I'm coming to you in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. So I'm going to stop teaching right here in this format. And what I'm about to do is conduct an interview. In this interview... And the story that I'm about to tell, you're going to hear all three of these principles in this story. So if you all would, would you give Pastor Che and Sam a big hand clap as they come on the stage? Come on up. There you go. All right. Can y'all move the table for me? All right. So let me sit down so the camera can get a good shot of me. Come on, I'm going to see myself on the camera. Go ahead and shoot it. Good Let me morning. See. Let, let's see. Side screen. Come on, hit me. Hit me. Boom. Boom. <laughs> okay, I look a little chocolate on that picture, but it's okay, though. All right. So, so I'm going to preference this by giving you all a story because lots of times, and this is why I'm transparent. Now, sometimes my transparency hurts me. Because people who don't understand it persecute my transparency. But because I know that transparency helps people, I'll take the, listen, I will take all the persecution because I know I'm helping somebody by being transparent. So here's the good thing. I'm going to share the backside of a story so y'all can see how God was working. And it's going to help you understand this principle in your life. So uh, 12 years ago, Oh, oh my God, you're not going to let me push the button. Okay, all right. Oh, you're going to push the button. Okay, here. Uh, Twelve years ago, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, Word of Truth Family Church was four years old. God speaks to me and says, Evan, Che is going to come and work for Word of Truth. And I was like, really? I was like, wow, I... I love that, but, but I knew he lived in Jamaica. He started a church in Jamaica, and so for him to come here is huge. We're talking about his whole family moving from Jamaica to here. But I knew the Lord. I know the Lord when he speaks, and I said, okay, Lord. I said, he said, but don't tell him, let me do it. So that's exactly what happened. So tell us, Pastor Che, how that transition was, because you don't know necessarily when God said it to me, but how did that transition happen for you? So um, I was at school, so, so I'm pastoring a church in Jamaica, but uh, for a couple of summers I would go away and study, and on one of those trips back, I was flying in the plane, coming back, landing in Jamaica, and the Lord gave me this vision of this plant, this potted plant, and he said, that's you, and the place that you're in is too small for what I have for you. Wow. And I need to transfer you for greater growth. And, um, and I knew in that, I knew that it meant my time in Jamaica was coming to an end. 
Wow. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what was happening. I just knew the Lord was saying, was stirring in my heart. It was time for me to be transplanted. So you agree without having facts? I agreed without having facts. Now, Sam, you mentioned something about uh, the kind of a similar experience. Tell us w- what happened then. So basically, he was away, and I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, and I just remember her saying something to the effect of, boy, next, time, next year this time, you're not going to be here. I wow. was like, what? It just didn't make any sense, you know. And so when he came back and was telling me what he felt God was saying, I was like, babe, I mean, I feel like God is just confirming this because that had happened even before he came and told me. Wow. So here it is. We had a conversation after that, and it ended up uh, coming up. And here we are, 12 years later, they're here. Watch this now. This is one of the principles that I taught. God has the right to speak to others about us before he talks to them about us, until, uh, before they, that we talk to them. In other words, God said it first to me because I knew a couple of months prior to because I started praying about it. So if he operates this way, I showed you in Scripture, there are going to be times where he's going to operate the same way in your life. Your boss may be for you to be ready to move and you're not ready. Well, maybe that's God using your boss. But anyway, so that happens. So when he got here, it was a a known understanding. This is what I said. I said, okay, Che, listen. If I feel that God wants to send you or plant you somewhere and you're not supposed to be here, I said, I'm going to kick you out, brother. I said, now I love you. Now, when I say kick you out, I don't mean like kick you out and be like, I ain't going to help you. No, 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 no. I'm going to be part of that. But I just wanted him to know that if I believe that God wanted something else to be done with his life, I was going to be a part of that. But I'm not going to let somebody stay somewhere. And I know they're not supposed to be there because I'm a good leader. Amen. 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 So. And, and you know, look, Pastor, I was saying in that conversation as well, I said to Pastor Ben, look, I'm, I'm here. God sent me here, and I'm not leaving here unless I get your blessing. Wow, what a heart! And this, this is that's so important. Your heart is more important than your mouth's response. Because you saying, I'm tell, you know, you say to your boss, "Oh, okay, no problem. I breathe. you know," and you you smile in their face all the time. You want to take their place. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know me. That's that ghetto. That's that hood, I should say. Never been to the ghetto. So, so, so here we go. Pastor Che comes here. Every now and then I remind him of what, what you know, hey, hey, if, you, if I ever feel, not that I felt nothing. I just, just, I just knew that in my heart of hearts, there was a gift and an assignment that was bigger than here. But God hadn't showed me nothing. So, look, I'm happy to have a faithful person that work here. Somebody whose heart like that, who says, I ain't going to leave unless you bless me. I'm like, shoot, I would love to have all kind of people like that. How many would like those kind of people? <laughs> Somebody, it'd be good to have a spouse like that, right? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But anyway, stay with me. Oh, gosh. So March of this year, I give... Pastor Che and some pastors, ministerial time for them to go preach at other places because our vision is to know Christ and to make him known. Yes. Two years ago. Oh, two years ago. Thank you. Two years ago, Pastor Che comes to me and I'm going to let him tell you what he came to me about. 
So I, I started feeling the stirring about being a senior pastor again. And this was one of those situations where I just felt, Lord, like just heavy on me. So I went to speak with, you know, my wife. First thing, you know, I go to my wife and say, hey, babe, this is what I feel like the Lord is saying to me. And Samantha was like, you know what? I feel the peace of God about that. So I'm like, oh, Lord. All right. If she feels a peace, that means, woo, because, you know, you have to, you have to walk in agreement. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen? amen. So because if she had said, no, I don't feel the peace, I would have been like, okay, God. Well, you got to speak to somebody else because we ain't going nowhere. But she felt the peace. And then um, I said, so my next move now was to submit this to Pastor Evan. And man, you don't, you don't go to Pastor Evan unless you have a scripture. Can somebody say amen? Amen. <laughs> so I was like, all right, Lord, Give me a word for this. And, and the Lord, so I've been praying, praying, praying. Um, and the Lord gave me this word out of Joshua. And it was the situation where uh, Caleb went to Joshua and said, Now that I've been with you all this time, it's time for you to give me the mountain that Moses promised me. I said, wow, the mountain that Moses promised me. Where around here is a mountain. Because Texas flat. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, we're on. And then I remembered, Cedar Hill. Yeah. It even has it in the name. <laughs> I hill. mean, Hill. Exactly. So man, I had the whole thing mapped out. So I'm going to Pastor Evan. So, like, so I call Pastor. Said, Pastor, I need to meet with you. Man, I need to talk to you. Because God's put something on my heart I need to share with you. So he comes and we sit down and he shares. And he's real excited. And what he doesn't know is about a month and a half, maybe two months prior to that, God had put in my heart to elevate his position and his role here. I just hadn't said anything to him. Because if God says something to me, especially if it's very big or transitional, I'm going to pray about it. I really am. And so I had started praying about this and God had already given me, uh, in essence, what this new position was. And so... While we were talking, I let him talk, and he was so excited, I didn't want to share what I had. Because it's like dashing water on your fire. Yo, when somebody, and they, you all excited, and they just throw water on you. But how that going to happen? <laughs> you just kind of walk away like, golly. So anyway, that's what happened. I didn't say nothing. But here's what I did say. I said, hey, listen, let's all pray about this. So... You know, and then come back together. So I, told, I, I asked him to, to go to Sam and pray about it. And so I started praying about it. Now forget, a week into praying, the Lord's like, why are you praying about that? I was like, because I told him I would. He says, but you didn't tell him what's on your heart that I put in there. I said, okay, so now I have to have another meeting with Pastor Chase. So about a week went by and I called another meeting. I said, hey, man, I want to apologize. Look, something's in my heart that I didn't tell you. You was really excited and I didn't want to put your fire out. And so I described what this thing was, what this new role was. And what's interesting is, you know, in, uh, in our staff structure, the executive pastor is pretty much at the top other than the senior pastor. And then, uh, but in that role, his title change from executive pastor to lead executive pastor and it was designed to help him oversee all of the ministerial side of stuff and then help lead the staff so all the staff meetings and stuff pastor che has been doing that and you know what was even more interesting i was going to announce his promotion on the sunday that COVID hit 
On that same Sunday, I was announcing to our church, we were moving from two services to three services. So even though I didn't get to announce it in a big way, because after that, the seats were empty. (laughs) So guess what I did? I said, okay, all right. And and so I sat down with him and I told him, I said, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray about it, go home, talk to Sam about it, because I believe in that. And if you, don't, if you don't believe that unity within a relationship is important, then you have the wrong concept, because only two can walk together unless they're in agreement. So I asked him to go home and ask Sam, pray about that type of thing. And so, uh, and I said, uh, uh, by the way, I know that there's a guy named Pastor Rowan. In fact, Pastor Rowan was here about a month ago. Can you all put Pastor Rowan's picture up on the online and put it up? Okay, remember that guy preached about a month ago? That's one of Pastor Che's best friends. So I said, listen, why don't you talk to Rowan about it? Because Rowan is not only a good friend of all of ours, he's a pastor too. Talk to him about it. So y'all pick it up from there because some things happened for that to happen. So um, we were... It was your 50th. You, oh, you were going on right. vacation so he, that He was that going on vacation. Yes. And um, so he told me about the conversation that you guys had. And he told me how you said to speak to Pastor Rowan. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, look at the timing of God. Because I had arranged for Pastor Rowan and Charmaine to join us on, on the, the birthday cruise without him knowing. So he wow. was coming to surprise him and be on the cruise with us. So, I mean, it was just such a, I mean... He couldn't have timed this, like only God. Perfectly. And so, you know, on the cruise, they were able to talk and, you know, and he told you kind of what he thought about it. Yeah. And so Pastor Rowan said, man, what Pastor Eben is offering you, what he's saying to you, I think that is perfect. He's like, go for it. And so I came back. Um, and of course, I'd already prayed about it. I really felt that that was direction. So I came back and said, hey, I'm submitted to that. And, um, and whenever this thing for the senior pastor thing is supposed to happen, I'm just going to believe that God will speak to both of us and we'll be in agreement. Wow. So see that submission part there? And so, of course, he uh, functioned in that role and has done an amazing job. So March rolls around of this year. We're on the phone, and Pastor Che had went out to preach somewhere. And typically when he goes out and stuff, I don't ask him about that. That's his business. I don't ask, hey, what church are you going to? No, that's his ministry time off. I mean, if he can tell me, that's fine. But for the most part, he would just submit being out, and that was it, right? That was it. Well, right. this particular time, he calls me up. He was like, hey, Evan, listen, uh, I hate to ask for some more ministry time off because he had just been off the week before. He says, I hate to ask for some more time off, uh, but I need to be off, was it this week? Yeah, it was like in two days. In two days. So it was like a, a Friday, it was a Thursday or a Friday, and I needed to be off the Monday. Right, the Monday. Because um, another friend of ours, uh, Pastor Conway, yeah. um, and Pastor Rowan wanted to connect with me and Pastor Conway, spend some ministry time together, praying for him, Pastor Rowan, because... He felt God was leading him into a role where he was helping other pastors in the kingdom. And because he felt God was leading him that way, he, he was uh, praying, 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 God, who should I, you know, who are you going to send to shepherd this flock while I'm doing this? And so he called me one day and said, hey, he'd love to get together with me and pastor Conway to speak about it. Well, mm. they somehow couldn't connect. And when they finally connected, it was two, three days before I needed to take this time off. And I'd just taken time off. So I'm like, oh my gosh. All right, let me go ask Pastor 
Pastor Evan, no, because I just took some time off. I don't know. So I had to, I had to now tell him the whole story right. because I had to justify why I just took time off and I'm about to take some more time off. And he don't normally do that. And he don't normally do it. So he's telling me these details. So this is how it went. This is how the conversation went. Because I'm talking about spiritual transition. Everybody say spiritual transition. Because see, some of y'all trying to transition and it ain't spiritual. <laughs> All flesh. All flesh. So he's telling me. He said, yeah, Rowan wants to get together. He wants to be praying, wants me to pray with him because he doesn't feel that he's supposed to pastor his church no more. And I was like, really? And so just in an instant, I said, will you tell Rowan that I'm going to give him some advice he didn't ask me for? And Pastor Jay was like, what is that? I said, you tell Rowan that I said that you're the person that is supposed to take over his church. Man, it's quiet. Because he ain't ready for that either now. (laughs) And I said, as a matter of fact, you tell Rowan, not only are you the right person to take over his church, that I will financially support you to do that. And I'm hearing myself and I'm going, are you crazy? (laughs) You already done dug a hole, brother. You just gave him away and now you're going to pay for it? <laughs> Pastor Che was like, well, can I get ruined on the phone and you tell him? <laughs> that's, that's what he's saying. That's, exa- that's exactly what So he gets him on a three-way. So we go over the whole thing and I tell Rowan what I said and all of that. And then all of a sudden, Rowan says this. Well, I'm going to tell you. Well, first of all, Rowan's mind is blown. (laughs) Because something he's been praying about for three years. Listen, he's praying to God and talking to God. And God is talking to Pastor Evan. Mm -mm -mm. So, here we are. Rowan says, well, I'm going to tell you all something that neither one of y'all know. He says, I just had a meeting with the board of directors of my church and they said to me, Pastor, the only person we know that could take over our church is Pastor Che. Because in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So, let me introduce to some and reintroduce to others. And I want us to stand on our feet to congratulate Pastor Che being the senior pastor of Life Church in what city? Victorville, Victorville, California. I am so proud of them. So listen, sit down, because we passed the time. Sit down. Are y'all being blessed? Oh, okay, you, so you have, you have to ask Samantha about her divorce. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Well, that's the next piece because okay, yeah. after the conversation we had with Rowan, I said, Pastor Jay, I said, listen, go pray about what, what discussion we had. Yeah. Go home, talk to Sam, and then I'll get back with you. So he goes home, he talks to Sam about it, and? Um, and then, well, the thing is, what Pastor Evan doesn't know is that he was on speakerphone and Samantha was in the room listening. So, um, so she saw his face. Yeah. Yep. 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 She saw my face. She saw, uh, she's like, what is going on? I said, you got to listen to this. So I just put on speakerphone and let, and then, and let the two of them talk because, you know, pastor, and I'm like, Hey guys, I'm here. You know, y'all talking about me. Um, so, <laughs> but then I went, uh, um, I went to the retreat time. So he came in town. 
myself, Pastor Conway, Pastor Rowan went, had our retreat time, and um, go for it. So, um, so there, he's away, and I was having my devotional time, and I happened to have been in the book of Acts. And I was in chapter 8, and it was talking about Philip, that he had been in Samaria, mm. and that God had then told him to go on the desert road. Wow. I was like, wow, okay, so I'm reading, it's the New Living Study Bible. And so I decided just to read to see what the commentators had said. And it, it made the, the point, it said that Philip had been successful in his ministry in Samaria. But God was now telling him to leave that ministry, to go on the desert road. And in essence, he needed to obey, even though he didn't know, didn't understand, basically. But he needed to obey um, and, and to go. And the, the thing about it is that, um, for those of you who don't know, where Victorville is, it's called the High Desert area of California. And they have so, mountains, so those, not hills. So those are, yeah, those are two words you need to be, 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 be very aware of. High, yeah, mountain, up. desert. Yes. Yeah. The word that the Lord was speaking to me before was about mountains, about the hill. What he spoke to, uh, to Samantha was about the desert. Yes. And so, I, I mean, I was, I was just blown. I was so blown. I mean, I called him up. We were all talking, Pastor Rowan, Pastor Conway, because we knew Pastor Conway as well before. But, I mean, and it was just, it was just so amazing, just the, the timing of God. I mean, it's just amazing. And I, and I just felt it was just confirmation as well that God was saying, another confirmation, I should yes. say, that God was saying, this is the way, walk in it. So, mm-hmm. he, no, go ahead. so here's the back side of that. I need to call now Pastor Che to find out what Sam felt and all that. So I'm talking to him on the phone. And I said, so what did Sam say? Because Sam, you know, she's grown in these different moves. Because Sam used to need all the facts up front. Sam didn't need all the facts up front. Uh, I, thought, I thought Sam was going to have to be the one that me was like. He was like, oh, Sam, she knows this, this is what we're supposed to do. He says, but I'm struggling. That's three words. <laughs> struggling. And I said, I know why you're struggling. I said, you ain't got to tell me. I said, I'm going to tell you why you're struggling. I said, because you're comfortable. Why wouldn't he be? He's helped build a church. He's doing what he wants to do. Because pretty much when I sat down with him, I said, I want you to run this part of church like you would Joe's. Mm-hmm. So he said, I said, you're comfortable. I said, but, I said, Che, listen, you could either stay in your comfort zone and eventually get frustrated. Because see, when, when he got that word about being a senior pastor two and a half years ago, that was God planting the seed of transition inside of him. I say, so you could either get com- stay comfortable, stay in your comfort zone, and eventually get frustrated, or you can have an adventure with God and by faith do what he's calling you to do. Amen. Well, that's exactly what he decided. And so in the midst of that, here it is now. We have to look at what I taught. We talk about now timing. Because God said, now, now this happened in March of this year, guys. Look, I've been knowing this, and I know some of y'all, you know, I, I hugged one of the, one of my men today, one of, that served me. I said, hey, how you doing? He's like, Pastor, I'm not good. I was like, what's wrong? He says, Pastor Trey leaving. I said, it's going to be all right. <laughs> you know, I've been having the manager since March, so I'm ahead of y'all. So anyway, uh, uh, as, as, as we walked through the timing, you know, I flew to California. I've been talking. We've been having all kind of conversations to, to work out the details because guess what? Here's the thing. Here's the beautiful thing. Even though Pastor Che now, we are sending him. We are planting him. 
So he will, he will stay connected for two reasons. Number one, this is now a partner church of Word of Truth Family Church. It's the first one that we've ever had. Number two, I'm still going to be his pastor. So here it is now we're talking about timing. Because see, when God told me, I'm like, man, I got to sow a seed. And see, let me just say this, church. It's, anytime God is asking... If he has a huge harvest in your future, he's going to ask you for a big seed right now. And I know where God has taken us. And it's bigger than where my natural hands and my, uh, my skill set can, can do. But I do know one thing, God is greater. So you know what? We are, I'm not, he's not leaving. He's being sown. Amen. And you know, y'all going to see him in July anyway when I go on my sabbatical. <laughs> Because I'm going to need somebody to help me preach while I'm gone. But anyway, he might be on sabbatical too. That's okay. We may have to change months. We're going to work it out though. We're going to work it out. It's, it's going to be worked out. But, but here's it. So I asked Rowan. I was like, Rowan, when would you like uh, Tay to start there? He said, this fall. I was like, oh, that's too fast, brother. That's too fast. That's too fast. And so I said, hey, Tay, what do y'all think? And, you know, they thought about it. They said, the summer of 2022, I said, oh, that's too late. Roy's too early, they too late. I said, you know what? The best time is to start the new year. So January of 2022 would be the best time, and that's when we've all agreed to. So Pastor Che is going to be transitioning into that senior pastor role in January of 20. In fact, put, the, put a picture of the church up. Uh, where he's going put a picture of the church up they didn't have a whole shot of the building there it is right there it's called life impact center or life church so that's where he's going to be going and here's what's interesting the whole time there are things that i didn't know then when all of this happened that i don't now now this is a smaller church than ours how big is it uh you know what that's a good question about 300 400 people about three or four hundred people the most diverse church i've ever been to when i say white Hispanic, Chinese, black, you name it, every race of people in this church. And that's unusual when the, when the pastor's black. But if there's anybody that can take that church to another level, it's Pastor Che. So, yes, right? So can I, can I tell the Amanda piece? Or can, what do you want to tell it? Because he had to tell his kids and his family, you know. Here it is, you know, uh, Uncle Eben. See, they, they don't see it as Pastor Eben. It's Uncle Eben. <laughs> So, so basically, you know, when we decided that we were going to do it and we were having that peace, I said, baby, you know, how are we going to tell the kids? So he says, honey, I mean, this is a very wise man. Let me tell you. He says, I think we need to tell them individually. Let's individually. not tell them together. Yes. Wow. So we know we're going to start with the eldest, right? So we call up Amanda and we say, Where Amanda. Was she, at? she was still in, in school. College. She was in still college. in school. Okay. So she was in school and she's, um, she's a performance major. So she's looking to be an actress. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to move to California. Wow. Come January. From January. Leave us in Texas to go to California. She's like, Mom, I don't know. Is this the Lord? I just wanted to give me a sign. You know, I don't want to do this. It's because of my own will. And I don't want to leave you guys. And, you know, I just really want to know what he's saying. So when we tell her that we're moving, she starts to cry. I wow. mean, tears of joy. <laughs> She's excited. She's like, Oh my God, God's answering my prayers. And, I mean, it was a. Fabulous. Can I so, answer right here? So See, God wants to use some people to pay for your dream if you'll get out of the <laughs> way and let him pay for it. Here it is now. I'm 
I'm paying for her move. All she had to do is have faith in God. Glory to be. Okay, I'm sorry. That was a preacher in me. Go ahead. Josh is still working out what he wants to do, but he's excited for us. Wow. You know, and so we told, um, we told Sai, and she cried. She cried. You know, her, her, her best friend is here, yeah. you know. Because I'm her, her favorite uncle. I'm her favorite <laughs> uncle. Um, but, you know, God has been good. Um, you know, we've been helping her just process through it, and that's the reason why, and you haven't said it yet, but that's why we're not leaving as a whole family until summer of right. 2022. So myself and, and the, the kids, and well, Sai, will be here with mommy and stuff. Um, and you'll probably until, see Pastor Che once a month flying right. through here, but go ahead. So, so we'll be here till 2022, summer, and then uh, we'll all join him then. So yes. I think... I think God has just been helping us just to, to process through, every, through everything. What was Josh's response? He was, um, you know, he said, well, I won't get to California eventually anyway. So, uh, <laughs> because, you know, Josh, Josh is, uh, I don't know, some of you know this, but Josh is a producer. In fact, Josh is uh, writing a song every day right now. Wow. Until he, uh, yeah, he's writing and producing a song every day. Um, so follow him on his Instagram. Um, so anyway, but, <laughs> but he's putting it up every single day. He's, he's putting it up. But he's, you know, because there is that, but there's also a whole network here right. that he's developed. So there's a tornness between what he's been working on here and then the dream of, of what exists there. So we're just praying through with him and, and believing God for just the right step and direction for him. Wow. So this is the backstory of something happening in real life. Because many times when we read or hear the Bible, it's so far a long time ago that we don't connect the life of the person to the event that we're reading. But here you are, if God had to rewrite a new contemporary Bible and put their story in it, it still has the same principles that we read about that I taught about this morning. Are you all with me? Amen. So what I want to do, and let, let's say this, uh, December, we're going to give them a great send-off. We're going to bless them, and we're going to... And here's why I did this teaching in October. Because I want you to see the real function of a pastor. The average pastor, listen, my pastor and some other pastors, they were like, they have never seen a church do this. You know why? Because a lot of times, the person in the pew or on staff doesn't have an open heart to whatever the leader says. And so they end up just being, they leave instead of being sent. No confirmation, no nothing. And then sometimes the person can come to the pastor and the pastor is so controlling that the pastor won't release the person and support the person when they leave. Mm. So here it is, you have a live example of a real church and a real pastor, listen, transitioning someone to their next call in living color. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap for that right there. So I want to pray. I want to pray uh, because uh, I believe that, that this transition, even though it's physical for, for Pastor Che and his family, I believe there are some transitions God's trying to do in your life. It could be a transition with every head bowed. It could be a transition on a job to a different industry. It can be as a student, the transition from one major to another major, from one school to another school. It could be a transition from a different mindset that you have right now. Because your life can't change until your mind changes. 
Whatever the transition, I believe God has spoken today. And Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you take what has been said. And Holy Spirit, you translate it. You interpret it. And you take it to mean whatever it needs to mean to every person under the sound of my voice. And I thank you today that whatever transitions that you desire for our lives, we say yes on the front end, even though we don't have the details for the back end. And I thank you and I praise you for using this message to change the lives of people in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, maybe you're watching me today and you need to be transformed.